0: Welcome to another episode of Bravo and Blaze. I am your host, Jenny Blaze, and we are going through all the latest shows that have aired on Bravo this week with some 420, pop culture, and true crime sprinkled in. Because these are a few of my favorite things. I guess I sing now on this podcast? I don't know. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I am joined by my co-host, the lovely life-size cutout of the Countess Luann De Lesseps, behind me. Side note, Luann just released a Money Can't Buy You class Uber Eats ad. Get it, girl. And one of her featured reels on the Bravo and Blaze Instagram has gone viral. Luann is killing it this week. Here on YouTube, we also have visuals to follow along for the podcast, which is available on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. However, if you are a multitasking expert podcast listener, then you might be listening to this in your car, maybe at the gym, perhaps during your daily commute, or maybe folding laundry or meal prepping like a normal person. But Don't worry, you do not need to see the visuals on YouTube to follow along. But make sure you are following, subscribing, leaving a five-star review for the podcast, liking and commenting on YouTube, and sharing with anyone you think may be interested in joining us is greatly appreciated. Don't forget our social media handle is at Bravo and Blaze on Twitter or X if you want to call it. Instagram, TikTok, on YouTube, our channel is at Jenny Blaze. And if you are looking for fun holiday gifts for your fellow Bravo-holics, go to bravomblaze.com for all sorts of fun Bravo-inspired merch for purchase. I got my grandfather M Effer mug in honor of Salt Lake City. Well, Also, I've actually been sick this week, so I am in desperate need of this tea right now. My father likes to give everyone advent calendars. So mine is a tea advent calendar, and today's tea is black tea lemon. Well, also, because I'm sick, I'm wearing one of my new favorite winter haul finds from Amazon. It's a onesie that is not only extremely comfortable, but it's also super cute. So if you're someone who shops on Amazon, please refer to my Amazon storefront from the link in the show notes to see all the products I mentioned. As an Amazon affiliate, I earn commission off anything you purchase 24 hours after clicking my link. Your support is greatly appreciated. Also, I just truly love recommending products that I use and that I wanna share with everyone. Before I begin, just as a disclaimer, I'd like to remind everyone that this show is for entertainment purposes only. This is by no means an avenue or vehicle for anyone to bully or attack anyone. We are simply here to connect Express our opinions, Blaze. So let's do that. Let's Bravo and Blaze for today's episode. We are going to go through all the latest Bravo shows that air this week. We have Real Housewives of Potomac, Married to Medicine, Below Deck Med, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Winter House, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Miami, Southern Charm, and Southern Hospitality. Obviously, that is a very long list, so I'm going to go through each one I'll probably skim through some of them so first up we have Real Housewives of Potomac season eight episode five pie in the Austin sky the episode description is Ashley attempts to combat rising tensions in the group with a trip Mia and Robin bond over recent personal struggles the rift between Wendy and Anika widens as new claims and questions arise I don't really want to talk about Potomac today All I know is that this Wendy verse and Nika shit is wild, like super wild. And I just want to see happy Eddie's journey and where they're going with it. So I'm kind of bored, but I did see on the real housewives zone on Instagram that Robin and Giselle are demanding Eminem, AKA Marshall Mathers to sit down for a deposition in regards to their conflict regarding the name of their podcast and his daughter's podcast. What's hers called? So, Giselle and Robbins is reasonably shady, obviously. And then, hold on, what's the other one? I gotta look it up. Just a little shady podcast. <laughs> this Eminem versus Robin and Giselle feud, it cracks me up. I think it's so funny. Somebody even said, I bet they're just trying to get a picture with him <laughs> by forcing him to go to this deposition. But anyways, let's move on. Married to Medicine, Season 10, Episode 5, Resurrection Rejection. The episode description is the ladies receive a mysterious invitation from Phaedra. Will Dr. Simone come up with a plan to get the empty nest she's been dreaming of? Sweet tea reveals an ongoing personal issue to Toya and Dr. Simone. A Strange Night in Phaedra's Funeral Home brings a Familiar Face Back from the Dead. Okay, first off, I manifested interviewing Dr. Simone on this podcast, and I did it. (laughs) So go check out my interview with her if you haven't seen it already or listened, because we talk about Cannabis and women's health, we talk about cannabis and pregnancy, a little bit of um CHS, cannabinoid, cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. There's a lot to talk about, but we didn't have that much time, so I tried to get as much as I could and go check that out. Side note, I didn't know DeBrat and Judy had their own reality show, and I think I need to go check it out. And once I do get a chance to do that and binge it, I think I'll do a Patreon episode <laughs> to review it or something. But anyways, this episode of Married to Medicine was so wild. Dr. Simone even said, when I asked her about the upcoming episode, she said in her all of her 10 years of filming, this episode was the most shocking she's ever experience or shocking experience she's ever had and I would say rightfully so if you watch the episode literally Phaedra and Quad I can't believe I'm about to tell you guys what they did and like from start to end it sounds so crazy so they really came up with this idea to have an event Phaedra had like these invitations made and sent out personally delivered to each lady Phaedra had this whole like speech and look going on where she's wearing all black. Then they have a casket come out and Quad is in it. Quad gets out of the casket and Heavenly, she's like, oh no. no." It was just so wild. You have to watch this show. If you don't watch this show at all, at least just go watch this episode because it is like nothing I've ever seen. And to even just like, I'm still in shock a little bit of like, did that really happen? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was so good. I am happy it happened. Honestly. Um, They put in a lot of effort. So let's move on below deck med season eight, episode 11 safety dance. Tensions rise as a chef and a crew member clash, dividing the interior team. Romance blossoms, bringing two yachts closer together. The chief stew's frustration grows as her new team member struggles with the workload. Captain Sandy loses her patience with the bosun after his actions cause a safety issue. I'm going to skip this show because I'm just, I can't. It's so boring. I have, And Captain Sandy is just like, not enjoyable for me to watch. And we had way too much Captain Sandy and Malia on Bravo this week in Winter House, but we'll get to that in a second. Let me go through Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, season four, episode 13, Bermuda views and bathtub blues. The episode description is on their first international trip together. Whitney and Lisa avoid each other until Heather's comments send dinner into chaos. After not getting a room with a bathtub, Meredith goes from a little under the weather to severely ill, but recovers in time to hold the ladies accountable on the sprinter ride to dinner, excited to kick off her birthday celebration in Bermuda. Monica comforts Ma- Meredith and a new layer of their friendship is revealed when dirt on Angie surfaces. <laughs> this show is crazy. Um, they filmed the reunion last week, which we briefly talked about. But they released the reunion looks yesterday. I went through all of the looks. You can go see on social media. I didn't, like, love the looks overall. I think Lisa Barlow's best dressed, not because I love her, but because I think she really was best dressed. Mary also did a good job, I guess, but it was just kind of like everything felt like promy or like bridesmaid-ish, and Angie looked good, though. Um, Those are probably my top two favorite looks out of everyone. But go check out the shorts for <laughs> more unsolicited Project Runway-style feedback. But also, the blonde Puerto Rican reposted, I guess Monica posted her reunion look and also posted her mugshot and apparently this mugshot she got for like a 100 dollar ticket that somehow turned outstanding and then a warrant was out for her arrest and whatever people were like yeah you go girl i think she's got mostly positive feedback from that i mean i thought it was funny that she released it herself and you i guess you might as well if you're Going to go on a reality show, and you know that that's going to come out eventually. So kadoos to her. (laughs) On All About RH, we also saw Monica's brother in law picture of him. And I have to say, he looks like a pornography. I mean, a predator. Something about him. I think maybe he looks like this actor on this, um, ID channel, true crime show that I watched where the guy was like a police officer and he killed his wife. And I know that that guy, the actor who played that part in that show, isn't really the murderer, but I can't help but make this correlation. And obviously knowing that he cheated on his wife and like the dynamics of it, just, I don't know. He looks like a predator. Let's move on, though. As far as this episode goes, I just love Meredith and her whole, I I don't want to say performance because I don't know how much of it is truly a performance or if she, like, I've been sick like that before and needed, you know, like an IV. And I just, she cracked me up how she's just like, I don't even care about the room. And really, she was sick. So what's she going to do, like run and try to get a room with a tub? But I didn't hear her say, like, I really just want um, I'm not feeling well. I really would like to take a bath. I know she did say something like, obviously, I want a bathtub. But I didn't hear her say, like, I'm so sick, guys. Can I like can I have a room with a bathtub or can I use your bathtub because I'm not feeling well? Like, I didn't hear any of that. So her. Be Her being upset feels kind of funny to me because I get it. I would have felt the same way if like I was sick and everyone just kind of left me and I'm like feeling like crap. But I don't know if I would go after everyone and be like, you didn't give me a bathtub. (laughs) Oh, I love Meredith so much. I love that she just... Just did it, and then also before the episode, Meredith posted a picture of her in the bed looking like close to death. Um, but what I'll never forget, which is probably ingrained in my brain forever, is Meredith laying in bed with an IV in her arm while she's getting lamb. And it kind of reminds me of this one time I don't drink anymore, but when I used to drink, I would like drink (laughs) and I would have bad hangovers. And I remember, um, it was the night before my friend's wedding and I drank and I was so hungover the next day. And my, um, the girl who does my makeup, she was with me. So she knew how awful it was. I don't even think she slept that night but she's really good at makeup. So I was like, I'm just going to lay down. Like I laid on the floor and she goes, Oh my God, I've never done this before. And I was like, really, I guess now that I think about it, why would you ever do, do it like this? Unless you were like a mortician, which reminded me of Phaedra and all goes back. So MVP for Meredith, that was just Show just cracks me up. All right, next up was Winter House season three, episode seven. Parental advisory. The episode description is: Yaddies and BFFs, Malia and Katie, invite former boss Captain Sandy and her partner Leah to join the gang on the mountain for Gaper Day. A visit from Corey's parents puts even more pressure on him to define things with Sam. Amanda's nausea has her and Kyle wondering if starting a family. Could be here sooner than expected i already said this there's way too much sandy and malia in this episode i was trying to dig for like Scandival content the only thing is i thought it was weird that schwartz texted kyle when he's in la saying have you talked to sandoval why would kyle talk to sandoval you're with sandoval have you talked to sandoval what was that is that code anyways let's skip Winter house. Let's go straight into Scandival. So Scannaval news. We have Ariana's book came out, single AF, Drinks for Bad Bitches. I pre-ordered it, even though I don't drink alcohol. I don't even care. I need this book. I'm gonna go pick it up after I record. She also has a show on Sunday in New York City at Town Hall that I'm going to with my book. And I'm thinking of doing a Patreon episode to review everything next week when I get back. So keep an eye out. Also, go sign up for Patreon if you aren't already. I saw on BiWig Hello Drama that in the book, according to Ariana, Tom was referring to Rachel as Jamie. And Ariana's deceased father's name was James. And so that just really... She wrote that in the book. I need to see this book. I need to go get it. But also... Obviously, Ariana's been on Dancing with the Stars. She came in third. And I'll say I was voting for her every week, but I didn't watch. One, because I'm not really interested in watching the other people dance. I just want to see Ariana. But what I'm finding is I can't even watch her dance because I get too emotional. I, like, want a happy cry for her. And so I just, I did see... I did watch her freestyle dance, the Beyonce song, and it made me want to cry. And then also it was announced that Ariana is going to star as Roxy in Chicago on Broadway starting January 29th. So the girl's killing it. I know that I don't need to watch everything because I know she's going to kill it. I know she's doing amazing. But also I wanted to mention on Vanderpod recaps. I guess there's a podcast called Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker and Ashley Baker of Taste of Reality was on. And I guess the tea that they talked about during this podcast episode is that Tom Tom and Raquel or Rachel, whatever you want to call her, they were still trying to be together after Scannibal, after she went into the facility. But then allegedly... She wanted to stay in the facility longer. And he was like, nah, I'm good. I'm not waiting for you anymore. And that's why they broke up. And then if that's true, I think that was the same time that we see him in Texas with some girl. I don't know if this is true though. Also on two T's, Whatever, the the Teddy and Tamara podcast, I guess Tom and Tom were on. I only heard clips. I need to go and listen to it because apparently he's just basically blaming Rachel, saying she took advantage of a guy. I don't know. It's ridiculous as it sounds. So I'll probably have to go listen to that one. Well, also this past week, a lot has been going on with Scandal. this past week. Rachel is active on social media she is out and about there's paparazzi catching her out she's on the red carpet I did a whole like thoughts on Rachel Rachel thoughts on Rachel slash Raquel expressed through gifts and you know at first I was like what the actual fuck like are you serious you were doing this for the last seven months and it's like, how dare you? But then at a certain point, I was like, all there is left to do is forgive and forget. So I want to forgive you and I want to forget you. A la Lauren Conrad. Then it's like, okay, bye-bye, take care. Right? But then she comes back with Bethany and it just makes me want to scream. I was rooting for her. I was like, you know what? She made a decision to leave this toxic environment, and I wish her well because she didn't come to the table with what we were looking for in that Bethany podcast. And now she's her podcast is coming out the week before Vanderpump Rules premieres, and I just don't think it's going to go well. So at this point, now that she's out and about and posting and everything, I'm just like, mm. I'm done. Please. Stop it. Stop it. So to prepare for season 11, the fallout of Scandival, Bravo is releasing a special Vanderpump Rules episode. It's called A Decade of Rumors and Lies, and it's on Tuesday. So I'll see you next Tuesday. I can't wait. Obviously, we'll be reviewing it. Another thing I saw is that Ariana is going to be on Watch What Happens Live this week. And I'm hoping everyone manifest and pray for me. Cross your fingers. I hope Andy asked my question to Ariana because I did it on Twitter. I said, Ariana, will we get to see you be petty towards Tom Sandoval in season 11? Please, Andy, ask my question. I need to know. I said this before, but I'm really, I think I'm craving petty moments from Ariana. Petty Ariana needs to come out. I need to see finger in the face, like just walking by, not even talking, just uh, don't talk to me or like, I don't know. (gasps) I kick his shoes. If they're not put away, I don't know. I need to see some pettiness, though. Okay, we need to move on. And this is a big one. This is a big topic, okay? Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Season 13, Episode 7, Days and Accused. The episode description is, as the weed dinner continues, Kyle and Sutton's friendship seems to go up in smoke. Garcelle and Crystal struggle to make sense of Denise's showdown with Erica to read school's PK on their children's future. Feeling let down by her friends, Kyle turns to her sister, Kim, for support and advice about her family. So before I watch this week's episode, I binged Paris in Love, season two. And it's just everything I keep seeing on both Beverly Hills and Paris in Love is just confirming my suspicions and my wild Conspiracy theory of Big Kathy doing really heinous things and causing a lot of trauma to the three Richard sisters, which has manifested or come out in different ways in all three of them. As you can see with Kim, we know she's had substance abuse issues. With Kathy, you can see her controlling, like hyper controlling behavior. And her punishment techniques or tactics, whatever you want to call it. And then with Kyle, it's almost like she suppressed it for so long. And now we're just seeing it all come out with this whole like Morgan thing. Her lashing out at Sutton at her own dinner. Like that was wild. She actually, it was, first of all, I'm so confused with this whole weed dinner thing. Like what was the point of this? She said she didn't know if she wanted to do it, and then I think she winds up not doing any, but she seems like she could probably use some, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? Okay, let me back up, though. Let me talk about Kathy. So like I said, I think Big Kathy caused some severe generational trauma that has trickled down to Kathy Hilton and to Paris, and in my opinion, like just from watching Paris in Love, I feel like Paris is actually putting an end to this generational trauma from what I'm seeing, which I love, obviously. Kathy is delusional and in severe denial. And I think obviously, which stems from her trauma, I don't think she's ever been given the tools to be equipped to handle any healing from that trauma. And I'm dying to know, like, what, what happened what happened with Big Kathy? Because we've heard red flags from from Kyle on the show. She said things like, we all slept in the same bed. I have three daughters. I can't imagine like that is the norm for us to all sleep in the same bed together. Kyle also said that she would be at clubs with her mom when she was a child. So I think some weird stuff went down and there were no cameras or anything like ugh, Hollywood back then was just gross so Kathy's delusion and denial really shows itself when she starts blaming the ghost writer for things that are in Paris's book one thing that stood out the most she reads in the book there are rules in my family if you pretend not to notice how deeply you hurt someone else, you don't have to feel bad about it. Kathy was so mad she said she was gonna go after the ghostwriter for that. Like, hello, that's those that's coming from your daughter. And I don't like that Kathy's blaming being a Pisces for whatever. Like, we don't claim her. I'm not claiming Kathy right now. Don't blame us. We have nothing to do with it. Your delusion and your denial is not because you're Pisces. And then you see how controlling she is. Just Paris is picking out her outfit for DC. And it's a really cute navy blue, like Chanel style skirt suit. I thought it was more than appropriate. I wanted a full pink, legally blonde moment. But her mom was just like, you want them to take you seriously, black or gray only. And it just brought me back. It triggered something in me personally. It brought me back to college. I graduated in 04. I'm old as hell like Shep, which I thought, by the way, Shep was like 50 something. It turns out he's only two years older than me. He's 43. But I remember working at the Career Development Center. And we had the biggest companies coming into our career, career development center. We had NASA, the CIA, JP Morgan, Accenture, all all of the biggest ones that everyone wants to work for. Goldman Sachs, you know. So I just remember how harsh one of the women was there who like led all of these workshops on how to dress, how to behave, how to do your interview, all this stuff. And she, I remember her saying. They had, a, they had a sheet printed out that said this. Only wear black or gray. And even light gray was pushing it, they said. But they didn't even have anything written for women, what we're supposed to wear. And I'm like, okay, so what do we wear? And she's like, women, you wear a skirt suit with pantyhose, closed toe shoes, black. They have to be black or like whatever. I was just like- Holy moly, what? Why? It's so weird. So I just think, I think it, Kathy's kind of crazy. <gasps> oh, she even, so it, we could see it with her talking about what Paris should wear to DC. We see it with her after she's surprised with Paris's first child, Phoenix. We know there's another one that comes. And Kathy was saying like, I, she said very clearly to Paris, I will be hurt if you hide it from me again. And now we know that she did hide it from her. I just think that's too far. I would not feel comfortable demanding that type of thing for my children, especially when they're 42 years old. The other crazy thing that happened in Paris and love was that Paris surprised her mom, which looked like she did the whole same thing that she did with the surprise for Phoenix. But then turns out she cloned diamond baby. She has diamond and baby two clones Same exact DNA of Diamond Baby. I didn't know that you could actually get this done. I thought it was like banned. And if Paris Hilton can so easily get her dogs cloned like that, I need to know how many human clones are out there because you know there's got to be people actually doing this, whether it's illegal or not. And I just think that's so... Wild. I cannot imagine. Oh my gosh. Now I'm like, I'm spiraling right now because I'm thinking, look at how we have IVF and surrogates, how far we've come with that. And now we also have human cloning. What if, like, women decide to not get sperm donors someday and they just start cloning themselves and raising themselves as their children? I need to make a sci-fi rom-com about this. All right, let's move on to the episode, though. What the actual fuck is up with Denise Richards? Even the chef from the kitchen was like, dude, Denise Richards is fucked up. And I just need to say that that is not from weed. And I'm pretty sure she said no weed in her dinner. But I actually started to get scared. I felt extremely uncomfortable when she said she was going to leave. I was like, thank God, because I was scared. I didn't know what she was going to do next. The whole upside down coat thing. That was hilarious, but scary. So nuts. And while I love that we had a housewife spark up a joint at the dinner table well, one. I don't know if she asked everyone at the table if it was okay. She said she asked Kyle, and Kyle said it was okay. Personally, for my etiquette rules, I would say you should ask the people around you first, if you're doing it indoors. I even ask people around me when I'm outdoors. But um, I think Sutton is wacky. I don't hate her, but I also don't understand the fandom because I think she's bizarre. And I'm confused by her a lot. So while I'm happy that she sparked up at the table, I also am like, fine, you get a point, I guess. I don't know. All right, let's move on. Real Housewives of Miami season six, episode six, farmer of the opera episode description is Julia surprises Martina with an opera performance. She'll never forget. Gertie puts Larsa on blast for broadcasting her cancer diagnosis. Lisa hosts the ladies in Palm Beach as Julia begins to question her growing friendship with Alexia. The only notes I have on this were um, I was nervous. I was giggling a lot when I knew that Julia was about to go sing. And Martina's reaction made me laugh because she looked really nervous too. But then like you could see her nerves turn into like Like, love. You could actually see it. And I cried. I cried. I thought it was beautiful. And it's Julia's nuts, but in the best way. And I just love them. I love this franchise. Another side note outside of the show, Lisa Hochstein just dropped her new fragrance. Can't wait to check that out. All right, let's move on to the South. On Thursdays, we go down south. Southern Charm, Season 9, Episode 12, Chasing Waterfalls. The Charmer's first day in paradise is overshadowed by a salacious article that causes Olivia and Austin's progress to backslide. Madison enjoys her last hurrah before trying for baby number two. So, bra- I love that Bravo just releases the reunion seating chart now because they know we're so nosy. Two Andys left. We have Craig Conover, Taylor Ann. Austin, Vanita, and Rodrigo. To Andy's right, we have Shep, Olivia, Madison, JT, Leva, and Rod. I'm kind of, I'm really annoyed, actually. Not kind of. I'm really annoyed that the two new guys that they brought on both have the same name, Rod. How, like... Okay, so I'm rooting for JT. And I do like this reunion seating chart for, for jt i think jt is set up for success to take down shep and austin if he austin if he needs to he needs to take down austin right and craig if we need him to <laughs> he's got madison to the left he's got leva to his right he's got shep is like kind of to his side so I kind of wish Shep and Craig were switched so that JT could just keep going at him like this, but he does have a direct line to Austin. So I hope he doesn't like pull all of his energy towards Austin and still give some to Shep. But what we saw on this week's episode, JT was given the energy that I've been needing for how many seasons now? Nine seasons of Southern Charm. This is what I've been waiting for. If JT can deliver, then it was worth it. This show is worth it. Come on, JT, let's go. Let's go, JT. I was a cheerleader growing up. So if JT can take down Shep, and Austin accordingly, then I might have to break out some of my old cheerleading skills. I used to be able to tumble. I don't know if I can do that anymore, but definitely can do splits. Not dragging my vagina on the floor like Kyle Richards. Who said that? Cynthia Bailey? That was pretty funny. Watching JT call out Shep in Austin was like, it's just like, So I'm rooting for him, even though he did have some he had some cringe moments like, oh, the spitting in the mouth thing. It wasn't cute when Sam said it on Winter House, even though I love her. And it wasn't cute to hear JT say it to Taylor either. So that's gross. But I still love Sam and I'll still root for JT. Just don't say mommy anymore, JT. All right, I'm going to move on. To Southern Hospitality because, and I'm kind of glad this is last because this show is so good. I binged season one. I watched it real time, but it was so good that I wanted to rewatch it. And it was only eight episodes. So if you guys sleep on Southern Hospitality, that is on you. I cannot do anything for you. This show is so good. And it's, an extension of Southern charm, obviously, but now we're getting it as an extension of winter house and summer house because Danielle is going over there now for Joe Bradley. Bravo, 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 Brie posted a reposted a video of Danielle visiting Joe Bradley in Charleston this past weekend. And I just thought it was so funny because as I was binging season one, there was a moment when Joe Bradley was talking about how Emmy was drinking a lot. And he goes, yeah, getting hammered is a red flag for me. I couldn't stop laughing. Knowing that he's with Danielle right now, who's who literally this week was saying how she wants to party, got into a fight with Brian Benny because she wanted to party and he was upset about his Forever 21 clothes sent by his mother. Uh, okay, also, obviously Maddie and Trevor, something happens and I didn't realize that at the end of season one, they moved in together. So the stakes went up after realizing that. I was like, oh, snap. Because it's one thing if you cheat on your girlfriend and like you just don't have to see each other ever again, but if you live together, oh my gosh. So... This week was the premiere of Southern Hospitality Season 2. The first episode is called When Push Comes to Shovel. The team at Republic is busier than ever. After Lucia loses her job, the rest of the VIP staff is on pins and needles. When a new cheating rumor arises and rocks Maddie's world, professional and personal boundaries are pushed. So they brought in this new CEO. She, I feel like she's trying to play a role I don't know if I love her. We'll have to see how this goes. I like that Leva brought in a CEO to take care of the operations. And I was also really annoyed that the new guy, what's his name? Oysen? He burned the sage and put it out on the table and then just left it there even after, I don't know who reminded him, but they were like, you have to clean that up. Like Leva comes in here with the CEO. You have to clean that up and he's like yeah okay and then he didn't and then leva comes in and the ceo and she's like what is this which is so i know like we want to be like damn the man but no it's respect listening to rules following rules this is a job this is a business follow the rules i didn't know that Leva was letting them all drink before like this whole time um that does change a lot and I find it interesting so if you go back I think I wrote a blog post about this actually season one didn't have a official reunion but they had Maddie Grace Lily Mia and Joe Bradley on watch what happens live and it was like intense (laughs) I wrote a little recap blog go check it out I'll put the link in the show notes Lucia gets fired Because she gets caught drinking and Mia is fired up about this. She's not happy. She's like, are you kidding? We've all drank. Like she's a single mom. She's got a child. And so then she acts out to Leva and Leva winds up firing her rightfully so because Mia was way out of line, not professional at all, but also you have to remember that Mia doesn't need this job she has a legit like nine to five job in finance so she doesn't even need to work there she just like started working there because she hangs out there all the time so she doesn't really she has nothing to lose basically by sticking up for lucia so that part i do respect out of what she did but she like definitely definitely that the wrong way um So we'll see what happens. But Lucia was pretty bold. I could not believe she came into Republic as a patron and wanted to talk to Leva. And it was like, oh, too late. Uh, Mia just got fired. Oh, boy. So things are shifting. And I find it interesting. Oh, so in my blog post, I suggested to Leva if I was, you know, advising this business, I would say, I think what needs to happen as far as the team dynamics go, there needs to be a sober, some kind of sober team building activity, like a retreat or something. And I find it funny that they're now in a position where they're not able to drink and it's really bothering all of them, which makes me think that maybe there is some, maybe there's an issue. Like, I chose to ignore that for a long time. But now when I look back at it, if I complain about not drinking, it was because I was using it as some kind of crutch for something. So I know these these kids are all young, but I would like to see them address this and be like, why do I feel like I need a drink? So we see Bradley with one of his clients. He has a personal training fitness business. And this client tells him that she basically hooked up with Trevor. But something fell off to me. She said she didn't know who Trevor was. And I just don't. I don't believe that. This is like Brittany Cartwright. Who else said this? Oh, i never seen the show. Don't give me that crap. Like, just say it. I don't like when people try to act like, oh, I've never seen, you've seen this show. I feel like Denise, right? You know, watch the show. You know. So for her to come on, she knows, she's got to know that Bradley... Her personal trainer is on a show. There's no way that she didn't go and see, oh, who else is on this show? There's no way. I just don't believe it. And while I'm not saying that Trevor, this is an excuse for Trevor at all. It's just shocking to me that we have to all come to the We have to accept the fact that there are people in this world that are willing to do heinous things just for attention. And that scares me. And then the other lesson that I learned from watching this episode was men are so horny that they will be on a television show and still cheat on their girlfriend that they live with. Like Tom Sandoval. And that level of, what is that? Is that delusion mixed with narcissism? What is that? Because I can't comprehend being filmed, knowing you're being filmed, and being in a relationship, a monogamous relationship, and still thinking you can get away with that kind of stuff. That is mind blowing to me. It's the audacity for me, audacity. You don't support other women. So after Maddie finds out about this, she obviously flips out, she brings a shovel to the house where Trevor is. And I wanna know why he said no cameras, no cameras. Who tipped him off? What happened? Did somebody give him a warning? Did he know that she was coming because she texted him some, did she text him? I gotta look back. But why didn't he want the cameras in there if he didn't do anything wrong? And what is she doing with that shovel? I didn't know she confronts the other woman in this season. Dude, this is going to be so good. I hope you guys are watching. All right. We've come to an end, although we've come to the end of the road. Don't forget to sign up for Patreon or subscribe on Instagram to get access to bonus content. I'm going to see Ariana on Sunday, if all goes well. I hope I don't jinx it. But make sure you go check out bravoandblaze.com for holiday merch. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, like, comment, and leave a five-star rating for Bravo and Blaze. Your support means everything and helps the show continue to grow. Have a beautiful week, y'all, and stay safe.